welcome to another amazing episode of the Path to Podcast Success with your host, audience building and fear crushing podcast expert, Evan Bradley Johnson. Every single week, Evan has powerful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and business owners, revealing the podcast strategies they use to grow their subscribers and sales, and how you can use your podcast to finally get to that next level. Now, turn on your mic and let's start down the path to podcast success. Okay, welcome everyone to another very exciting episode of Path to Podcast Success. We have a true OG podcaster on the show today and a very interesting and incredible entrepreneur. So everybody listening, you are in for a real treat. Brian K. Wright, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Evan. It's going to be fun. Of course. Thank you for coming on. We are very, very excited to have you. So I like to start off in the same place with all of my guests, and that's by making sure that everybody listening has the context that they need to get the most that they can out of this conversation. So for those people, go ahead and tell us, what is it that you do? Well, I host a radio show called Success Profiles Radio. It's a live internet radio show that I run every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern. I interview world-class achievers and learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn from what they've been through. And I also publish a magazine called Success Profiles Magazine. I've been doing that since 2017. And I also help people write their books. So I'm a book writing coach and a ghostwriter. So I stay busy. I'm never bored. (laughs) It sounds like it. Man, that is incredible. I don't know what to dive in first. I'm curious. So the magazine. Mm -hmm. the, the, The stereotype is or the thought is, right, as we continue to, as time continues to move on, print media becomes more and more obsolete. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? What are your What are your thoughts? Why did you decide to start a magazine at a time when most people would be like, "No, don't start a magazine." It's digital, so it's easily accessible. Uh, mine is. Mine is a paid subscription, and one of the reasons is because I want people to value the hard work that I'm doing. I want people to value the amazing content from there. I have people who collaborate with me to create content every single month, and there are very very few ads. The ads. Right are basically there to promote the stuff that I'm doing for the most part. And it's basically to fill in the empty spaces. Okay. So uh, the, the revenue comes from people who are subscribing and it's, it's really super reasonable. Successprofilesmagazine.com is where people can check it out. And I'm working on issue number 54 right now. So nice. consistency is so important. I mean, oh, yeah. if you're going to do something, do it consistently all the time yes. so that people can count on it. Now, I'm not against free magazines. They're fine, but you tend to value what you put out for, right? So uh, free magazines are a dime a dozen. And I don't know what the readership is. I mean, sure, you can uh, email a, a digital copy of your magazine to everyone on your email list, but how many people are going to open it? How many people are going to see it? And I'm not bagging on free stuff. It's it's wonderful. Oh, yeah. um, everyone just has a different way of of doing it. A free magazine yeah. is usually the path to something more. Exactly um, right. Like a free, yeah, something part yeah. of like a league magnet or something like that. And that's right. the case with businesses in general and services mm-hmm. and stuff. Like you, if you invest in something, then you're going to focus more on it and get more out of it. And so that's mm-hmm. why, like, 
Uh, I always encourage people to, instead of giving away their services for free, maybe do it for cheap or something. Because mm-hmm. if someone invests, they're more likely to follow through and actually find value. Yeah. So same thing with something like a magazine. I mean, if you right. invest in it, even a small amount, you paid for this. So you should probably, you know, use it. Mm-hmm. Or if it's free, then who cares? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what, why did you want to start a, a digital magazine? I realized after a while that I had all this amazing content from my radio show that I hadn't repurposed. Uh Yeah. So if you create content, you should do so with the mind of, of doing something else with it besides just one thing, because you build a presence online by repurposing your content everywhere. People who hear my show may not know I do a magazine. People who see my magazine may not know that I'm a ghostwriter. People who find me as, as a referral for ghostwriting services may not do I may not know I do the other two. So they synergize off, off of each other. Right. That makes sense. And if you have yeah. these different arms of what you're doing, then people who come into one can then be led to another one. And then it's yep. just like a whole ecosystem and it's all you and people learn yep. all more about you, right. see everything you're doing, a lot of fun stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your podcast slash radio show. I don't know exactly. Yeah. Um, do you consider it a podcast or this is something that I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on. What do you think is the main difference between something like a radio show, like what you do and a podcast? Radio is live. Podcasts are recorded and archived. So my show can be listened to in an archived situation. So, I mean, you go to iTunes or Apple podcasts, uh, you can listen to any episode I've ever done and you can subscribe, you know, to right. success profiles, radio on iTunes, Apple podcasts, and listen to anything you want, anytime you want. But the beautiful thing about having it live is it's right there in the moment. And so people can listen to things in real time. They can hear the more or less unedited version of what's going on. That's pretty cool. And so it starts out as a radio show and then becomes mm-hmm. a podcast afterwards. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> nice. And how long has this been running for? Over 10 years, January, 2012. Wow. That is, that is impressive. Honestly, that is impressive. Were you a, a, were you working in the book writing publishing space at that point as well? Not yet. That came a little bit later. That came around 2016 ish. Okay. What were you doing? I used to be an English teacher. Oh, so I figured if I can teach other people how to write, and how to structure their writing, I can do that too. And I already had a book by this time in 2009. I had that before my radio show started. I wrote a student leadership book so I could impact young people and speak in high schools and colleges. That's why I wanted to write that book. Okay. So if you're gonna create something, you need to have an end game. What do you want to have happen because of what you created? What do you want people to think, believe, do, or feel because of what you've created? And then what next? How do you lead them down the line to stay in your universe, to stay in your sandbox going forward? Right. I love that. So you had the podcast mm-hmm. and then you started the business down the road. And is that what kind of the thought process was? You started the the, the mm-hmm. radio show and yeah. it was going well and you're having these conversations and stuff. And then you were like, what am I going to do with this? How do I right. expand this into, into a true business and a living? Right. I didn't really know what this business was going to look like when I started the show. I just wanted to interview people that I looked up to, people whose books I read, people who I um, looked up to in the personal development and business space so that I could learn from them. 
that was really it. And I was just having these conversations in front of the world. And eventually people started listening and eventually people started uh, pitching me, their guests. PR agencies started reaching out to me and saying, I have a guest that'd be great for your show. And now almost all of my guests are people who are pitched to me via PR agencies or they're my personal referrals, people who I've looked for or have been referred to me. Right. But I don't usually ever have a shortage of possibilities for a guest. That's cool. It's a great place to be. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a be, seeing all of those emails and messages and stuff. Yeah. It's a good problem to have, you know. I mean? It is because now I can say no. Right, and that's definitely oh that that that's a good lesson that entrepreneurs learn at all different stages, right? The mm-hmm. power of being able to say no, and you don't want uh-huh. to accept just anybody. Yeah, you you have to learn to operate out of want instead of operating out of need. Yeah, because when you're operating out of need you'll make some bad choices that you'll regret. <laughs> yeah, you don't want the uh, pitch fest interview where a guy just comes on all it is a pitch of stuff for an hour. Right, exactly. Or any another number of, of problematic guests. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that is, that is really cool that you went from English teacher, yeah. podcaster, author, business owner. That is a pretty cool progression. A lot of people I talk to, it's kind of the opposite. We start out in the business and then the podcast comes later. Mm -hmm. So, and I assume the answer here is yes, but I wanted to ask you explicitly anyway, has your podcast then as, you know, since you've continued it and you've kept it and you've grown it since starting the business, has it been a valuable asset to your business? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it lends a lot of credibility, especially when you can say you've done something for more than 10 years consistently. A lot of people's attention spans are a lot shorter than that. In yep. fact, I've heard that the average podcast lasts for maybe seven episodes because yeah, yeah, yeah. people either decide, oh, the return on my time and investment isn't enough, or they wonder if anyone really cares about what they have to say, or they haven't figured out what to do with it yet. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. It's like there's some some crazy statistic where like 90% of podcasts are 10 episodes or less or something like that. Mm-hmm. So how, 10 years is in like to, is like the top 0.00001% of podcasters yeah. out there. Yeah. According to Listen Notes, it's the top 1% of podcasts worldwide. Yeah. Well, th- there it is. And that that is... That carries weight with it, you know, I can understand that. So do you typically work with uh, clients pretty one-on-one then? Yes. Right. I usually do. Mm -hmm. Do people, do you find people through the podcast? Like tell me a little bit more about how exactly your podcast has made that impact in your business. Well, uh, sometimes people who have been on my show, when I realize they don't have a book, I ask them if they've ever thought about writing a book. And sometimes they'll say, I've thought about it or I'm working on one and I'm stuck. And, or they've, they've decided, well, I'll do this someday. And I said, well, I help people with that, by the way, you do, we should talk privately. And so we do. And some of them have hired me. Yeah, there it is. Cause that's, yeah. Some people get, some people get all wrapped up in getting sponsorships. I mean, that's, that's the direct way of monetizing your show, but in the internet podcast world, it's so hard to guarantee an ROI or to tell people what to expect. People's patience, like I said, it's almost non-existent. They don't realize that radio is a very long game if you are going to advertise. Because if people are listening to your show for the first time, they may be hearing about your sponsor for the first time. Very few people buy something from a sponsor on a radio show or a podcast 
if they've never heard of them before the very first time around. They have to hear it over and over again to make sure in their minds, like they're not making a mistake. So they want to make sure you have yep. staying power. They want to make sure you're gonna be that you've been around a while. So I tried that and didn't have a lot of success with finding sponsors for my radio show, people who wanted to pay for an ad. But when I realized that my guest list was my lead list for my business, that changed everything. <laughs> I love how you put that because that's what I'm always saying when it comes to people wanting to, you know, monetize their podcast because um, now the, the listeners know this, but for those that don't, I do podcast, I have a podcast production agency and I talk to a lot of people about starting podcasts and growing podcasts. It's one of my biggest questions. It's like, well, how do you monetize it? Right? Because you think about podcasts, if you're, you're an entrepreneur and want to start one, it's not just like a, for fun, like true crime or hanging with your buddies type thing. But if it's part of a business, your first thought is like, okay, well, how am I going to get the, get that ROI? How am I going to make money from doing this? And so then that leads to, well, how do I get a sponsor? Now you're thinking about it all wrong. Mm -hmm. If you have a client-based business, the power is creating relationships with the guests. I don't even look really at my like what my listenership is, what my audience is, because frankly, I, I don't really care all that much. I mean, what podcast listeners are notoriously difficult to convert into anything else. It's hard to get them to click through to stuff let alone a sponsorship, but even your own stuff. It's hard to get them to go into the show notes, click through a link, subscribe to an email list, blah, blah, blah. It happens, right? So it's good to have those kind of systems in place, but that is not something that I count on. It's creating relationships, meaningful relationships with the guests, and that leads to some great opportunities. Is this is this resonating with you? Do you agree with all of this? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, you have to build relationships. And consistency, again, I'll come back to it, is, is where you start to build that trust. Yeah, exactly. People have to like you, know you, and trust you before they'll play in your sandbox with you. Whether that's joining your list, whether that's buying something from you, whether that's coming to your event, whether it's joining your coaching program. But yeah, you have to play the long game. If you're going to do a radio show or a podcast, you have to play the long game. This is not an instant gratification kind of thing. Exactly. Now, what as we begin to uh, kind of wind down the podcast, I wanted to ask you, so I, I am a huge fan of actionable advice. I hate it when I see people reading book after book and listening to podcast after podcast, but it seems as if, uh, oh yeah, if you read the book, then everything magically changes, right? Oh, I put the work in, I read the book. Right. That's not how that works. You yeah. have to actually do the stuff the books tell you to do. Mm -hmm. So I try to give actionable advice as much as I can. So people really don't have an excuse if it's laid there. Plain as day, right out in front of them. All you have to do is do it. Consistency truly is, and this is something I've said a lot as well. Consistency is the number one thing to keep in mind when it comes to podcasting. And then podcasting can create incredible success mm -hmm. for especially a client-based business, but all sorts of businesses. What is your number one piece of actionable advice you would give to a podcaster in the realm of, of consistency? If someone maybe is struggling or they're trying to be consistent or starting a podcast, what do they do? Pick a day and time every week and do it at that time. Schedule it, make it a priority. Don't just do it whenever you feel like it because eventually you won't feel like it and then you won't ever do it again. And once you stop doing something, it's hard to restart. Yeah. Pick yeah. a consistent day or time. 
even if you have to start with doing lives on Facebook, every Monday at five o'clock, do a Facebook live on something and become known as the person who goes on live on Facebook or whatever platform at a certain time every week. You build a following that way. It's like trying to find your favorite TV show. If your favorite TV show moves around all the time, you eventually give up looking for it. And then the ratings tank and then the show gets canceled and you wonder, where's that show? Oh, it got canceled two years ago. Because people like you stopped watching it. <laughs> that is so funny. I use the, I love that because I use the TV show in that, uh, like analogy as well. You know, mm -hmm. if the whole family sits down Friday night at 8 p.m. to watch the new show or whatever, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, sorry, I didn't get an episode. Check back next week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, there goes all the viewership for that TV show. Right. It honestly is the exact same thing with podcasting. So, Brian, I want to say again, I appreciate you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing these incredible insights and really validating everything I've been saying about podcasting. Right. Hopefully, people really take this yeah. and run with it. Yeah. Um, and it's a great place to promote your book, too. Oh, in yeah. fact, um, when I did this book in December, I spent an entire episode talking about the greatest lessons I learned from my dad because that book had just come out. I invited some of my collaborative authors to come on, call into the show, and share their dad's story. So we did an entire episode about that. And I'm getting ready to do the exact same thing with the book I just released last week, Greatest Lessons I Learned From My Mom. I'm going to invite some of my collaborative authors to come on the show. And we're going to spend an entire episode talking about what we learned from our moms. It's going to be fantastic. But repurpose your content. Uh, do your show. You can use your show to promote your book. You can use your show to promote other people's content. They, if they're a good guest, and, and by good guest, I mean not just providing tons of value, but willing to share selflessly, they will bring their people into your universe as well. And you'll pick up some subscribers that way. So yeah. it's good to have an interview style show. Oh yeah. And it's honestly, that's, that's more fun as well, frankly, yeah. because solo content, I mean, you got to sit down, you got to think of something to talk about, and then you got to talk about mm -hmm. it. If you have a guest, I mean, you kind of let the guest make your content for you. And it's yeah. fun. You meet new people. Yeah. Now, very once in a very, very great while, I will do a solo show. I average maybe one of those a year. Sometimes I'll do two or three a year. Sometimes I'll go a whole year without doing one at all. Yeah. Well, it's more than me. I don't think I've done a single solo episode in my entire podcasting career, hmm. frankly. How long have you been doing this? Oof, uh, I've had this podcast going since probably like 2019. Good. 2020, something like that. So yeah, it's been a few years now. Um, it's been a few years now. There have been a few times where it's taken a slight break, but I've always come back at it and been consistent. Um, but that's, I mean, for me, it, it's, it's, this is what I like about, about business. I like meeting new people and having conversations. Yeah. And that's not what a solo episode is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I keep my show going all year long. I don't know what your philosophy is on this, but when people say my season starts on such and such a date and my season ends like four months later, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, I kind of think that's dumb, to be honest. Like, I, I do dumb too. might it, be harsh, but like... It might be harsh, but it's like, if you're stopping and starting like that and dumb. trying to position it like a TV show, like the season runs from September through May, okay, then what do you do the rest of the year? I mean, with, with doing a radio show or a podcast, you have to keep going or your audience will look for something else to do. Exactly, because it's not like, I mean, it's not like a podcast costs millions and millions of dollars and all this, like a huge production team to, to make happen. Like it's a podcast, it's mm -hmm. a radio show, it's not a TV show. No. Seasons, this is, uh, podcasting isn't really meant for seasons like that. Unless, I mean, no. you can structure see into seasons, but it, what the problem is, is, is if you take a break in between seasons for some yeah. reason. 
If you now, like are continuously yeah. releasing and maybe you structure it like, oh, I talk about this in this yeah. quote unquote season, that's fine. But like, yeah. if it's a season and then you take a few months break, like, yeah. destroy all your momentum. Yeah. Now, if your show is a creative kind of show where you are telling a story with characters, episodes, I mean, sure, then I get that. Have the cliffhanger, right. take a break for a few weeks, and then start your new season. That's fine. But if it's an interview style show like this, there's there's no compelling reason to stop unless you just need a break which is fine yeah which my station cool. takes two weeks off at the end of the year so i get two weeks off at the end of the year what i'll sometimes do is i will pre-record in advance and have those new episodes run during christmas and new year's week right. but i'm not there because i already did it in advance exactly like so but something is still released at the at that time yeah. and mm-hmm. that's that that's what you have to keep in mind and of course it's different too like they're podcasting there's so many different aspects mm-hmm. about what a podcast can be. Of course, typically what we're talking about in this and what I talk about a lot, what I assume you talk about as well, is like a podcast in conjunction with a business in some way yeah. or you know, interviewing guests. But if you're doing something story-driven, then you know I don't know if that's something that's like a money maker necessarily. If that's something, a fun project, then do mm-hmm. whatever you want. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But if it's with a business, then you need to have some more strategy in place yeah. to make it successful. Yeah. And that's the key thing is you have to strategize what you're using your show for. How are you using to build your business? Some of the most successful people I've ever interviewed on my show have said, I don't do anything unless I know how I can make money doing it. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. And honestly, like that's a solid thought process to have with the podcast. The only problem is, of course, someone thinks I'm not going to do this if I can't make or if i don't know how to make money so how do i get a sponsor ah, right yeah that's not be more creative you know what i mean there's there's yeah. other ways that are way more successful or have the potential yep. anyway for it yep than just exactly. sponsorships. exactly well thank you again brian for coming on the podcast and sharing these amazing insights and like i said before really validating everything i've been saying so hopefully Good. people really take this run with it and and create that success for them and their and their businesses for people who are interested in you and in your books and in your radio show and in everything you're doing where can they find you online that's a really great question they can find success profiles radio on itunes apple podcasts so just look up success profiles radio they can go to successprofilesmagazine.com to check out my magazine and if they have any idea about whether they want to write a book or not go to writeabookforyou.com. Spelled it all the way out. Writeabookforyou.com. And at the bottom of the page, there's a link to my calendar. That makes it easy. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for coming on the podcast and sharing these insights and sharing everything you're doing, giving us a glimpse into your exciting world. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you too. Thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting the Path to Podcast Success Show. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review, letting us know what you think of the show so we can bring you the most value we can from these expert podcasters. Your support helps us reach more people looking to step up their podcast game so that they can continue to grow their brand and spread their message. So, again... Thank you for listening to this episode of The Path to Podcast Success, and we'll see you in the next episode.